This is an audio-only version of the video series broadcast on YouTube. If you want to experience Me, Myself, and Die as it was originally intended, search for Me, Myself, and Die on YouTube, Facebook, or Rumble. The playlists for all the seasons of the show can be found there. And now, Me, Myself, and Die. Hey everyone, welcome to Me, Myself, and Die, a tabletop RPG show. My name is Trevor DeVal, a professional voice actor. Those of you who know me know me as perhaps the voice of Rocket Raccoon, uh, the voice of uh, Emperor Palpatine in Lego Star Wars, uh, many, many characters in My Little Pony or Ethics for Family are all over the dial, all over the TV dial. That's me. But this is not about that. This show is not about my career as a voice actor. I could talk at length about it, but that's not what we're doing here. What we're doing here is, in fact, running a tabletop RPG a la D&D, for those of you who are uh, maybe not in the know. So I've been playing uh, RPGs since about 1979 or something. I was real young, 1979, 1980. And now recently that Matt Mercer, my friend and colleague, has had great success with Critical Role, uh, I thought, eh, why not do something like it, but a little different. So this is what we're going to be doing. This is not, in fact, uh, going to be like me and a bunch of voice actors sitting around playing a game or anything like that. That's That's been done, and it's been done well. Instead, I'm going to be using a whole bunch of random elements to generate a game played entirely by myself. And the number one thing I'll be using is called the Mythic GM Emulator. This is a great tool that's been around for a long time and is super cool because it allows you to basically replicate what a GM does except using just yourself. So I'll be running myself through a game, basically. I've decided to use the Savage Worlds Deluxe Game Rules to play the actual game. Using the emulator, we're gonna completely randomly create a character, at least his background, and then we're gonna go into uh, the various scenes and see how that works. The emulator focuses on three different things. One is the characters. The characters that emerge, be they friend or foe. The second thing it focuses on are story threads, um, which are elements of the plot, elements of the story that sort of emerge naturally as you're playing. And the third thing it focuses on is something called the chaos factor. It determines how in control or out of control your character is. And the higher the chaos factor is, the more likely the yes or no questions that you, that you ask the fate chart are going to wind up as a yes. Anyway, you'll see how it all works as we go. So yeah, I've, I've created this character already. He's kind of a ranger character uh, using the Savage World system. I've, I've built him, but what I have not done is built his background or, or his uh, backstory, anything like that. I don't know what the setting is yet either. We'll determine that as we go. The emulator will also help with that. So that's the first thing we're going to do. We're going to dive into his backstory and we're going to figure out who this guy is and a little bit about his background. And then we're going to leap right into the game using the emulator. Uh, as you'll see in a few minutes. So, welcome to the first episode of Me, Myself, and I. I hope you enjoy it. Okay, guys, so I have uh, made the character. Uh, he's sort of a ranger type in this kind of low to mid fantasy world. He uses a bow, he's good in the woods, that kind of stuff. He has some hindrances, though. He tends to be cautious about things. I'll have to remember to play that. Also, he has an enemy, a minor enemy. I'm an outsider, which means that I have a penalty to my charisma. What we're gonna do now, we are gonna use uh, some random generation tables for background from this book, Xanathar's Guide to Everything. So let's see what's going on with his parents. I do know who my parents are or were. Birthplace, another D100 roll, and we have 12. Home. Okay, he was born at home. Who raised you? Yeah, who raised you? So who did raise you? Uh, we've got 18, so which means the paternal grandparents. 
Which leads to a question. Maybe something happened to his father or his both his parents. Uh, well, l- here we go. Let's determine what happened to the parents with a roll of d4. Four is your parent disappeared to an unknown fate. Personal decisions. It's a d6 roll and I've got a four. My people lived on the edges of civilization and I learned the methods of survival from my family. What that means to me is that... My grandparents lived basically in a small cottage at the edge of civilization. Woodsmen or or hunters, trappers, that kind of thing. So I obviously learned my craft from them. Which leads us to, eh, we don't really have class training so much because there's no classes in Savage Worlds. But I'm basically a ranger, so I'm going to roll on that. And that leaves four. I have seen what happens when the monsters come out from the dark. I took it upon myself to become the first line of defense against the evils that lie beyond civilization's borders. I saw my parents get taken by some sort of monstrous evil. So, life events. 26 uh, on the Xanathar's Guide gives us 1d4 life events. So I'm going to roll and I've got two life events. You made a friend of an adventurer. Well, let's see. We have the supplemental tables here. Uh, Let's just roll on... He's an adventurer, so we're going to use the D&D class. So we're going to roll percentiles here. 40. And it was a fighter. Okay, friend, adventure, fighter. This could be good because this might mean that I have an ally coming out of the gate. And since it's just me sort of alone in the woods or wherever I wind up, it's probably good to have an ally. So let's determine his race. 86 is a half-orc. Ooh. A half-orc is not going to be accepted by the majority of civilization, the same as my character. So a couple of kind of outcasts moving along uh, is is a great thing to play with here. The next life event is going to be a 66. Ooh, you had a supernatural experience. Roll on the supernatural events table to find out what it was. You witnessed a minor miracle. So that would lead me to the assumption that this character has some level of extraordinary faith. Although I always find it interesting. It's not really faith if you've got, like, evidence, is it? So, don't really know. In a world where there are gods doing miracles, not really hard to believe in their existence, is it? Whatever. Anyway, uh, so what do we know about this guy? His parents disappeared to an unknown fate. He saw his parents get taken away by some sort of monstrous evil. Not necessarily killed. We don't know what happened to the parents. It's an unknown fate. So I think that could be a thread, actually for our character when we look at the Mythic GM emulator. We know that I have a half-orc fighter friend, and we also know that I witnessed a supernatural event, a minor miracle. What that is, eh, we'll discover what that is in a second. So we're gonna use, uh, we're gonna use Xanathar's once again to determine the name, cause hey, why not? Let's get uh, the half-orc name of my buddy. Vilberg. <laughs> Vilberg, he's, he's uh, Vilberg, my half-orc. Vilberg sounds like he might be in a Woody Allen movie somewhere. Vilberg, uh, Sharp Tusk. That's a bit lame, isn't it? My name. Uh, human names. I could do Celtic. You know what? I'm just going to go with tried and true English male names because it'll be easier for me to pronounce. It's going to be 87, which means we have Simon. You know what? I think the Perilous Wild book has some, some names in here as well. Ooh, Argaston. Okay, well, this is good. Uh, Simon of Argaston with Vilborg Sharptusk, his half-orc fighter ally, are going to be starting out um, somewhere. So the first thing we know is that we have a thread, and the thread is find out the fate of my parents. 
we automatically have a, uh, <clears throat> a thread from that, which is great. Good place to start. Um, the next one we have characters. Well, we have me, Simon, but we also have Vilborg. So the first thing we're going to do is come up with the scene setup. So with Mythic GM Emulator, GM Emulator. So we're gonna generate a random event to determine what our setup is. So to determine a random event, the first thing we do is determine the event focus, okay? This is a percental roll, so I'm going to roll here, and it's 24, which means NPC action. So one of the NPCs, the half-orc is the good choice right now, take some sort of surprise action. And what is that action? We have action and subject on our chart. We wind up with, ooh, 95 punish, I like the sound of that, and 82 dispute. It's that he's just been uh, found guilty of a crime in a small town. Uh, we're far away from home, a couple of outsiders. He's been found guilty of a crime he's, uh, 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 he didn't commit. I am on the outside of that village. I should say, Simon. Simon of Augustan. And I believe we'll make him sound a little like this. He's 26. He has a bit of a, a, bit of a British accent. Yes, why not? Until I decide to change my mind to do something different, this will be Simon of Augustan's voice. So Simon of Augustan is outside this village. They're marching... Uh, they're marching Vilborg, uh, Simon's friend, to the gallows just on the outskirts of town. Okay, so this is scene number one. So then, then what we do is we roll 1d10 against the chaos factor. Chaos factor starts at five to see if uh, the setup is modified as an altered scene or an interrupt. So I roll a 10, so no. Uh, the scene pro progresses as normal. We play out the scene and we go right into the action. So here's my first question on the fake chart. Since Vilborg is being marched out to the gallows to suffer a terrible fate for a crime he did not commit, my first question as Simon is, okay, how many guards are there? Are there, are there more than five guards? I think that's fair, fairly unlikely. The chaos rank is currently five, and I roll percentiles, and 13. Do they have more than, or do they have five guards or more? And the answer is yes, this is a problem. So here's what I think this means. This means that while Vilborg is being marched to the gallows, he's surrounded by five guards. So they obviously think he's a big threat. So he must have done something or accused of, he must have been accused of doing something quite gruesome, quite awful, maybe killed somebody. Let's find out. Let's find out what the crime was. Was he arrested and convicted of murder? I have no idea. So I'm going to call it 50-50. Chaos rank five. And the answer is 83. So no, it was not he was not convicted of murder, so he didn't kill anybody. So there's five guards. They still think he's very dangerous, even though he didn't actually kill anybody. So what did he, did he steal something? You know, again, 50-50, I'm not exactly sure. Did he steal something valuable from the town? 95, extraordinary no. So he absolutely did not steal something. That's not the crime they convicted him of. So it has nothing to do with theft. It has nothing to do with murder. Oh, here's an idea. There's a bounty on orcs. We were outside, he goes in to buy supplies. They see him, they mistake him for a full orc, they arrest him. Yeah, oh yeah, this is full on like racial badness. This is them going after him simply because he is an orc, even though he's not an orc, he's a half orc. And he tried to tell them that, but they didn't seem to want to listen. That's the reason why there are five guards because they are extremely uh, paranoid about orcs. So this is gonna be him uh, for now. These are the uh, guards surrounding him. They're obviously uh, very wary of him. It's it's uh, it's f safe to assume that uh, I, I keep saying Vilhelm. Vilborg, Vilborg is tied up. 
He doesn't have any weapons or armor or anything like that, so it's just him. Uh, these guys, these guards in a small town, seems reasonable to assume that they don't have a lot of armor or weapons. And frankly, if they do, I'm dead because <laughs> I can't really take out five of them. Uh, so here's the thing. The first thing we have to do, as you can see over here, uh -huh -huh -huh, this is where I've put myself. So I've decided that I'm sort of hiding behind the rocks there as they are moving up to the gallows, which is going to be over here, okay? So here's the first thing I'm going to do. I'm going to see if I'm successfully stealthed. So I've got my three bennies here. Uh, in case I need them, I hope I don't. I look at my stealth, which is a D8, and I roll my D8 and my wild die as well. And I'm looking for four or more, basically. Seven, no problem. It's not quite a raise, but it's okay. These guys are going to be taken completely unawares, which is excellent. So, uh... Here's a question. Did Simon get a chance? He knew this was happening. He was watching from afar. So did he get a chance to lay a trap? I think that's likely. He has survival. So let's say uh, that Simon decided as this was happening in town, he realized what's, ha what's happening, that Vilborg was being uh, um, found guilty and that he overheard you know, the, the people in the village square saying, we will take him to the gallows. So he ran out here to intercept them, to, to beat them to the punch, and he decided to set up a couple of like snares and stuff. So here's the thing. He's gonna make a survival check to see if he successfully made enough snares. And if so, uh, we'll say he makes one snare on a success and then one for every raise he gets. Okay, and we have a failure, zero snares. He was unable to make any snares before they showed up. That's not good. So what's the other thing that he can try? Well, what does he have? He doesn't have a whole lot. He's got a torch, flint and steel, not a whole lot of things. Okay, well, here's the thing. So Simon, Simon is waiting in the, in the, in the rocks and he's seeing, he's seeing his friend Vilborg being marched towards the gallows. The men around him are far more interested in uh, the, the half-orc. Uh, they're, they're far more afraid of him than anything else. However, that said, there is a chance. That's said. That's said. There is a chance, I think, probably a decent chance, that at least one of them is wary. Uh, I'm gonna say it's probably unlikely at this point. So the uh, answer is 72. No. So they are not paying any attention, which is good. That means that Simon can get the drop on them. So he is going to draw back with his bow and take a bead on the lead guy fully within close range, no penalties for range there. So he's gonna roll his shooting skill, but he's gonna be rolling with his wild eye as always, and he's gonna be rolling with a plus four to hit and damage. Brutal. So <clears throat> uh, these guys are all just normal guards. They're wearing probably leather armor. They've got short swords, you know, uh, maybe even spears, you know, short swords and spears, That's that seems Maybe not even short swords, actually. No, they've just got spears. It just makes more sense that they've got spears, except for the lead guy. Let's say the main guy actually has like a battle axe, okay? He's the sergeant that's leading this small troop of, of soldiers. So, uh, yeah, so Simon, from his perch in the rocks, draws back. <coughs> Takes his time, he waits for it. He waits for it, he tracks, he tracks the leader, and then, let's fly with Oh, well, he does hit with the plus four, thank God. He will hit, bang, oh, but he will take him completely by surprise. The longbow does uh, 2d6 damage, plus four because he's got the drop on him. Oh wow, eight. So eight damage against his toughness. His normal toughness is going to be uh, uh, five, and he has one point of leather armor, so six. That means it's enough to shake him, basically. Ah, but that's about it. That was the drop round, not particularly great, we're gonna deal out the cards now. So Simon 
is on Jack, and he's quick, so he actually can uh, discard five or less. The um, the guards now go on two. Well, that's great. Uh, Half orc goes on uh, Simon's turn because he's a uh, he's an ally of mine. So. Simon, who has now revealed his position of the rocks, is going to fire again. This time he's going to fire at the closest guard here with the spear. He draws back and fires. That's two ammo as well. He's expended. So he fires. There's no bonus this time. It's just a straight up. He does hit. So he'll 2d6 damage. Now plus four. Eight over a toughness of six will shake him as well. The arrow buries itself into the guard. He drops to the ground onto one knee really. At this point, Simon shouts to, um, to, I'm gonna get this name right eventually, I'm sure of it, Vilborg. Vilborg! Simon shouts to, to, to Vilborg, Vilborg, you must, Vilborg, is that the voice I picked? That's the voice. Vilborg, you must free yourself and aid me to aid you in your escape. Vilborg looks back, sees Simon in the rocks, grunts, you know, uh, uh, in, 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 in agreement, and uh, proceeds to try and break his rope bonds. So he's gonna do a strength test. I'm gonna call this just a straight up strength roll. He is not a wild card. He does not get the wild die. He's looking for four. He does it, bang! That's his action though. And as soon as that happens, he runs his six inches towards the rocks. They now act. Let's deal with these two shaken guys. These guys are all straight up D6s. There's nothing special about them. So uh, they're looking for fours here to see if they can get up. One of them does. That was him. So he uh, bursts off his shaken, but that's his total action. This guy is still like, uh, uh, he's kind of like shuddering from the arrow. Uh, he cries out, God, you stop them. Stop them. They're escaping. Or oh, something like that. So that was them. These three, however, so he's just gotten up. Uh, this guy's gonna chase after Vilborg and try and stab him. Um, eh, there's a good chance that these guys are gonna do the exact same thing. This is not looking good. They've just been issued a direct order by their captain. They will do that. Uh, this guy will not be able to attack because he's, he's uh, more than six inches away. Or uh, he will be able to attack. He's gonna run another three inches. So he gets up to him, but he's gonna do a multi-action penalty because he's running and attacking at the same time, which means he's gonna attack with a minus two. No. So he rolled a one, so he fails. Uh, yes, so just so we know what's going on over here. Uh, Simon is still on the rocks. Uh, the leader is still shaken. Uh, this guy has just gotten to his feet. Uh, and uh, these two are now stabbing at the fleeing half-orc. Um, with their spears, normal hits. Ooh, exploding die is not looking good. Seven. Uh, his parry is six, so he will be hit. So 2d6 damage against his toughness of six. Oh my god. Ten. Thirteen versus toughness of six is not good. Six shakes him. Ten wounds him. So he will, um, be down by that. Ooh, that's bad news. That's really bad news. He gets, so... Vilborg, this could be the end of Vilborg already. Vilborg is running towards Simon and the rocks when one of the guards comes up ah, and jabs a spear in his back. He cries out in pain and collapses, blood pouring from his wound. He's writhing on the ground. Is he dead? Is he alive? Who can say? Not I, sadly, for I am but a player. <laughs> in any event, it's all bad news. They've all acted, and now it is time to go back to initiative. He's on nine. Oh God, and they're on ace. Okay, well this is not good. So first of all, the leader, the leader's gonna try and uh, recover from Shaken with a spear roll. He does not, he's still <gasps> gasping. The arrow sort of sticking out of his, his left shoulder. Um, they can all act. So I'm gonna say that two of them throw the spears, these two guys in the back, throw their spears. 
and these guys clamber up the rocks to try and get at him. So we'll do the thrown spears first. Uh, they have to hit on fours. Oh my God, it's a hit and explode. Um, so that's eight, that's a hit with a raise. Oh my God, this could be over real quick. So a hit and a hit with the raise. Wow. This is brutal. <laughs> so the hit, the normal hit is going to be five damage. Uh, his toughness is six, so that first spear does nothing. Uh, doesn't uh, pierce the armor. The second one is a hit with the raise, unfortunately. Oh my god, this is against toughness of six. Um, ten versus six. Yeah, that's gonna, that's gonna shake and wound him, unfortunately. He's gonna do a vigor check to soak the wound. He's, oh, exploding six. Ten! Ten, he needed four, so he soaks one, two, which means... He eliminates all the wounds, he is not wounded, and he is not shaken, which is very important. So, he can actually attack. So he, he cost him a Benny to do that soak roll when he got hit. But right now, dude's in front of him. He must, unfortunately, either try and disengage and get the hell out of here, uh, basically abandoning his half-orc friend. This is a disaster. Um, or he's gonna try and fight this guy off. I think he's gonna fight this guy off. He drops his bow for free. Pulls his sword, which is, which is an action, unfortunately, and attacks. So he's going to be attacking at minus two. He's not particularly good. These guys' parries are all at um, uh, five. This is not. He basically has to explode. He did six plus five is eleven. Minus two is nine. That is definitely a hit with a raise. So his damage with his longsword, d68, and the extra raise. The damage is going to be ten versus his toughness of five. He skewers him. Ah! which is good, great news. Okay, and that brings us back to initiative. Boom, they get a queen, Simon gets an eight. Oh, this is all bad. This guy moves. Actually, let's deal with the shaken dudes first. Uh, so the leader, the leader's trying to shake, or recover from shaken. Yes, he'll do it. Six and nine is a, is a success with a raise, so he, can, he gets out and he can act. So they can all act right now. So he has an ax. Here's a question: Is is he just a, a total total bastard? Is he gonna is he gonna run up and uh, end the half orc who he sees as the real threat? I think there's a pretty good chance, actually. I'm gonna call it likely, and our ask our fate chart here. 44. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I do this to myself, but there it is, the dice don't lie. He runs up, the Havork squirming on the ground, and he comes up and he buries his axe in his skull, performing a coup de gras and killing Vilborg of the strange name. Simon sees this, having just felled his one foe, and cries out, No! Vilborg! Meanwhile, this guy moves his six up to him on the rocks and will attack. This guy, uh, these two have both thrown their spears. So they don't actually have their spears right now. So they're gonna run up to their spears basically and recover them and that'll be their action. So this guy runs up and he stabs his spear with a four and he will miss. Uh, which finally brings us back to Simon. Simon knows all is lost at this point. This is really bad. His friend has just been murdered. He's still hopelessly outnumbered, so I think he's got to get out of here. 
Okay, so he moves down the hill, which is going to provoke an attack of opportunity, which is a four, which will miss, thank goodness. He is then going to roll his d6 for his running, which is going to be two, so he's going to roll eight inches this way. At this point, it's fair to say that uh, these guys are going to chase him, so I'm going to give them a group roll of, uh, what, what shall we call this? He has a distinct advantage because he's in the deep woods. He's sort of a ranger guy, so I'm going to give him... This is going to be opposed survival rolls. So... Uh, opposed survival rolls. So what, what do we have here? We have Simon who's going to roll. Oh my God, I'm gonna spend a Benny to re-roll the whole thing because I have to make this or else I'm pretty much dead. Still failed. Did you spend your last Benny on it? Did you spend your last Benny on another re-roll? Have to, have to, and I'm out of Bennies. Oh boy, five, okay, well that's that. And then these guys as a group are rolling. They've gotta beat five. It's a tie, which means that they all run through the woods, nothing done. They keep crashing through the brush, crashing through the brush. Um, uh, Simon still has the advantage here in the woods, so it's again, it's an opposed survival role as he's sort of like uh, ducking between trees, trying to double back on them, trying to uh, lose them, trying to cover up his trail, all that kind of stuff. Uh, okay, what happens here? His survival role is a four, and theirs is a three, so he is able to outrun them. Finally, he loses his pursuers in the woods, but his friend, his childhood friend, his old friend, Vilborg the Fighter, has been killed, has been executed, but not in the way that we all thought. We thought he, you know, uh, he was going to be led to the gallows, but in fact, he was <laughs> axed in the head, which leaves Simon alone in the woods, outside of a hostile town, whose guards now know that he is there, somewhere. They'll be on a hunt for him, a posse, if you will. But for the moment, he is safe. And I believe that closes our scene. Vilborg is dead. We know that the threads, uh, so escape, we're gonna we'll give the name of this town, this, this village on the edge of the woods, we're gonna call it uh, Karps, Karpsburg. And I'll add that as a uh, character as well. Yeah, so he's got to escape Carpsburg Forest. Uh, here's the other thing. We have characters as well as the Carpsburg Posse. Uh, I think that the leader here deserves, uh, um, we'll call him uh, um, Garrick. Garrick, the sergeant of the guards who killed, killed Vil Vilberg. So Simon has lost his friend. He has taken some bad licks. He, that was disastrous. That was a disastrous way to open. He's being chased by an angry posse of uh, the, the soldiers of uh, Carpsburg, as well as their Sergeant Garrick. He will have to escape the situation next time in scene two.